We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Whatever life throws your way, make sure you have a strong defense in place with a high interest savings account. Make your family's playbook look just like the Chiefs with blocking, tackling, and a whole lot of winning. Emprise Bank member FDIC, our partner in Possible. So grateful for them and all they have done for KC Sports Network. Really fun partnering with them. And uh, we got a game to preview. It's been a while, but it's time to preview the Denver Broncos-Chiefs matchup on Sunday Night Football. And here to do it, my dear pals, first find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Matthew, Lane, hello. Hello. Uh, guys, I have a fun stat. I don't know if you guys have heard this or read this at any point in time this week. But it's been approximately like 17,364 days since the Broncos last beat the Chiefs. Like, I, I don't think anybody tweeted that out or mentioned it on, uh, yeah, approximately on any kind of media outlet. So uh, the Broncos haven't beat the Chiefs in a while, guys. Were you guys aware of this? No, not at all. I also wasn't aware that uh, both the Broncos and the Chiefs have won a Super Bowl since the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs. So, Yeah. Definitely wasn't here, aware of that. We're just here informing everybody of uh, these brand new, never discovered, never reported before uh, statistics. I love it. So I, me, I'm glad we can do all that of it. on this game preview. And that 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 handsome man telling you guys about the second fact is Craig Stout. You can find him on Twitter at Barley Hop. You know him as the Renaissance Man. You know him as the Barley Stunner. He's got too many nicknames to count. Craig, how you doing, buddy? I was doing better before you started doing all that. Let's talk about the Broncos. I'm ready to preview a game. <laughs> We we had a week off. We're slap happy tonight. We really it took are. way too long to get started on this <laughs> podcast tonight. So Brent, um, we yeah. we we spent a good twenty minutes on Rotten Tomatoes, just randomly finding movies. It's it's time for a game. That's what that's what it is. It's time for a <laughs> yeah. football game. Wait, I thought that's happen. what we were doing before this was playing a game. <laughs> we were. We're playing who can come up with the most random I think you should leave quote, too. We've had a really fun like lead up to this show, and we're really late. We need to get going. Uh, so let's talk about uh, the Chiefs matchup against the Denver Broncos. And, uh, okay, we know what the Chiefs have struggled with defensively all year. Craig very aptly described it as that defense in the, in the rundown for this show, and it's so true. The Chiefs, uh, you are we're all anticipating are gonna see some similar looks that they've been seeing that have been giving them troubles the entire season, Maddie. Yeah, uh Vic Fangio is kind of the one of the faces 
of this uh, type of defense, this modern two high safety coverage thing. It essentially started with Vic Fangio, spread down to his coaching tree. You know, you got Brandon Staley, also in the division, is one of the faces of this style of defense. So, yes, teams are adapting and playing these two high shells. Worst than she is playing a lot of quarters, a lot of cover two type coverages. Also, rotating one of those safeties down post-snap. I mean, that's what the Bears did under Fangio a ton. They actually rarely played cover two. They just kept two high safeties until the ball was snapped, rolled it down, played variations of other coverages. But you have Vic Fangio, the creator of this, what he does. And he gets to do that against the Chiefs with no repercussions. He doesn't have to change anything for this game. He doesn't have to dig into his bag. He doesn't have to find new plays. He literally just gets to run his off or defense that he was going to run no matter what. That's not great. That's not great for a Chiefs team that um, hasn't been great against that style of defense. I mean, Denver Broncos defense played the Chiefs relatively well last year. That was probably where some people got the idea from to keep trying it this year was watching how that Broncos team played the Chiefs. It's going to be a challenge. Now, the good news is the Chiefs have a whole week plus here to prepare for this specific game. You know what the Broncos are going to do. You know what you've been struggling against. So it's there. I don't know if we need to dive. I mean, Craig might want to here, but I don't know if we need to dive too much into exactly what you have to do to beat it because we've been talking about it for nine (laughs) weeks now. Um, And it hasn't changed. So it's just kind of up to, are the Chiefs going to be able to do it versus one of the guys that kind of spurred this movement in the NFL or not? Yeah, that's uh, that's the real question here. This is going to be kind of the the barometer of how the rest of the Chiefs season could go here as far as the offensive side of the ball. I did go back and rewatch last year's Chiefs versus Broncos game. Chiefs ran the ball a lot in both of those games, especially early, tried to set the tempo a little bit. Obviously, one of those, the game script just got way out of hand in the Chiefs' favor. Drew Locke couldn't take care of the ball. Chiefs ran up the score a little bit. The second game was a lot closer. And so the Chiefs had to run the ball a lot. I threw a lot of curl routes, a lot of a lot of stuff where Travis Kelsey's kind of sitting in the middle of the field with the sticks as well. Basically forcing this Broncos defense that is going to spin a guy down to stay on top of things. Because when you spin guys down, you're having to play some man, de- you know, man defense or cover three, either one. Those cornerbacks have to stay on top of the receiver on the outside. And if Tyreek Hill is out there, you're going to give him more space because you don't want to get beat deep because we know that Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill are going to be able to hit some of those go balls, going to be able to hit some of those vertical shots. And so they took advantage of that. They took a lot of short stuff. Patrick Mahomes threw a lot underneath until the Broncos started blitzing. And then they started trying to open it up a little bit in the vertical side. Wasn't really able to hit it too terribly much. They hit one to Tyreek Hill that was called back by a hold, but... Though I would expect a similar plan of attack. We haven't seen that quite as much. Now, Tyreek Hill out on Wednesday due to personal reasons. Obviously, we hope everything's okay. We hope he's back for this game because he's going to be needed for some of that. He's one of the few guys that is going to not only earn the respect vertically from those cornerbacks, but is also going to be able to break off some of those curl routes, be able to take advantage of some of that stuff underneath. I think that that's what they got to do. Just consistently move the ball and then execute in the red zone. They did not do that last year against this team. That's what they got to do when they come up against some of that stuff. So I think the game plan is there. They just got to execute it a lot better than we've seen them execute their game plan so far this season. Yeah, and I mean they they kept they kept Tyree Kill under ten yards per reception uh, in the uh, week twelve thirteen game uh, that they played. So you know that 
they did a really good job. He had a, he had a play, he had a, he had a long, a play with a long of 30 yards. So you take that away. It's five catches for 28 yards beyond that. That's even lower. So you know, they, they, they were kind of a team that was showing, you know, keep the lid on this team and force them to throw a little bit short. Um, still threw for 318 yards in a touchdown, but you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, uh, this is the first step and we, we've, we spent the last couple of weeks talking about this is the first game and the first step and getting to prove that you can, you know, maybe, you know, defeat this, this look and, and show an ability coming out of the bye week to, to improve. And that's really the hope here. This is a big, I don't know, this is going to be a big one for Maddie specifically, because Maddie's, you know, very much in the see it to believe it kind of thing. And, you know, this is a big barometer for them because this is still a good defense. This is still a good defense that they're going up against. And they've given some teams some fits this year for sure. Uh, okay, okay, Maddie. Fun fact, oh, 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 go. Real quick. Fun fact. Last year, despite scoring over 60 points against the Denver Broncos, the Chiefs starting offense only scored three touchdowns against them. Mm-hmm. They only scored four total offensive touchdowns. One was a Chad Hennian garbage time of the first game because there was a defensive touchdown and a special teams touchdown in the game. But the Chiefs offense didn't put up – the Chiefs starting offense specifically didn't put up a ton of points against the Broncos. And it's kind of hard to say that when they win one game 43-16. to 16. Like you don't know what's going to happen on yeah. some of those drives where they didn't get a score. It's just it was interesting to see this offense – some of the stats look pretty good. Obviously, the score of one of the games looks really good, but the offense still didn't have a ton of success actively putting points and especially touchdowns on the board versus a bend-don't-break style of defense that has been giving the Chiefs a lot of trouble this year. All right. One of the areas of the field that Chiefs are going to attack if, teams, if, the, if the Broncos are able to keep a lid on this Chiefs D offense is the linebackers, and there are some new faces there, Matthew. Yeah, it's interesting because the Broncos linebacker group over the last couple of years has been a lot of Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson. They're very good, very good linebackers, but both of them are probably better run defenders than coverage linebackers. These two guys, even though they're out there on the field in coverage reps for the Broncos over the past, you know, they've been taken advantage of, but the Chiefs weren't able to do it a ton in the, you know, the matchups. Now, Travis Kelsey did have a big game against them last year in the second game. I think when Tyreek Hill got held down, Travis Kelsey had a huge game but he was still beating up on defensive backs the whole time. So the linebackers haven't been exploited by the Chiefs, and this year they don't have those guys. They don't have these veteran linebackers that the Broncos have had for the past three, four years. They have a rookie in Baron Browning, and then a guy they traded for midseason and Kenny Young are playing 100% of their linebacker snaps right now. Now, Kenny Young, I think, has played relatively well these last couple weeks. He's got a little bit more athleticism than the aforementioned Jewel and Johnson. He can move around a little bit better. Baron Browning's a freak physically, mm-hmm. but these guys are still new to the system. Baron Browning, I mean, he wasn't great in coverage at Ohio State. They used him as a blitzer more than they did in coverage for this reason. He's just an athlete. These guys can be attacked. You're not going to know the system as well as the other linebackers. They're not going to be ready for what the NFL is going at, throwing at them. So I expect the Chiefs to come out with a lot of window dressing, a lot of pre-snap motion, a lot of crossing routes. They're going to try to confuse these two guys that are new to the system, one of them new to the NFL, make them prove that they're ready to be cover linebackers at this next level. Because as of this point, I mean, they really haven't done that at this point in time in their NFL careers. I mean, Kelsey's hitting these guys with the dream shake multiple times. <laughs> like it, it's happening and they're going to bite on that first shimmy and he's going to be open. He does it to good players. You know, he does it to players that have seen him. He does it to Derwin James, who's seen him play a countless times. So, I, I mean, it, it's a real test 
for those guys. Kenny Young playing really well, especially against the run. He, he's been really, really good. They've actually played pretty well against the run as of late as those two guys have gotten integrated. But yeah, like Maddie said, you're going to be able to take advantage of them. You're going to be able to offer some of these situations, put a lot on their plate, make them diagnose, make them work within this Fangio system that is complex, you know, because there could be space. You got to open up some space there. They get two excellent safeties back there. They're really good safeties. Either one of those guys can spin down and make a play from and leave the other one in single high. So you want to create that space, create that misdirection, and open up the middle of the field so you can take advantage of that for Travis Kelsey, for Byron Pringle, for Demarcus Robinson. Hey, Maybe Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on an angle route, please, if we could. You know, we'll we'll see here. But I, I do happen. think <laughs> – I know, probably not. It's too, been asking for it for two years, and, and we haven't seen it yet. So I, I do think that this is probably the part of the defense that I would be most uh, sure that the Chiefs are going to attack and try and really focus on to put a lot on their plate and make them overanalyze what they're doing. I love the idea of utilizing a lot of motion. I mean, like, oh, wow, the Chiefs using motion real original, but this could be where some of the jet stuff really comes in, especially, you know, you might try to get some some tells from the safeties too. You know, if you try to get some of those, you know, they use some of those ghosts, some some burst ghosts kind of motions across the field to try to see if they can get some of the safety rotation indicators. This could be another week where they do something similar where they're, they're going to burst Tyreek Hill past, you know, the quarterback, like they're running a jet, trying to get some, you know, motion or, you know, some tells there. Uh, it could be the same kind of thing. It really could. Um, okay, so you know the the the, the Browns. Uh, no, I said the Browns. The Broncos pass rush. <laughs> orange team. Orange team. First three <laughs> letters are bro. I mean, give me a break. Bro oranges. <laughs> the bro oranges. Uh, good pass rush. Uh, Bradley Chubb back. This is uh, this is a group that that's formidable and uh, definitely something to take a look at here, Maddie. Or uh, I'll, I'll go Craig. We'll go Craig here. Okay. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it, buddy. Hey, no, I uh, wanted to go first. No, no, me, this guy here. I love you, Kent. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Cooper has come on huge as of late. Jonathan Cooper looks like a guy that should have been drafted before the seventh round. We like Jonathan Cooper a little bit. We got to see him in Mobile. It has translated. He has been destructive for this Broncos defense. He shows up two to three times a game with an impact play off of the edge and that's what they need because Bradley Chubb is a good pass rusher and when they traded Vaughn Miller everybody went oh they're just going to be able to shift focus completely over to Bradley Chubb they're gonna be able to take this away Jonathan Cooper has stepped up he's offered a lot there I do think that you're going to see some out of Draymond Jones as well I think he's having a pretty good year as well and you've still got Malik Reed, you know, kind of more of a pure pass rusher that in some of those third and long situations, they can bring him in to pin his ears back and rush the passer. It's good. It's good enough to really give this offensive line fits at times. And then, you know, you got Shelby Harris in the middle there, and he, he's kind of really good too. So I, I am looking forward to seeing this complete defensive line against the Chiefs offensive line. I feel like they don't necessarily have a star at any point of it that you really got to shift focus. So I think there's going to be a lot of individual one-on-one matchups throughout the day. And I can see where the Chiefs may lose some of those. So it's going to be up to the offensive line to really keep things under check here. 
and that's something that happened last year to the Chiefs. And this the same Broncos defensive line was missing Von Miller. Now they had a healthy Bradley Chubb at you know that point in time, but they gave the Chiefs, especially in that second game, they gave the Chiefs offensive line fits. Now this Chiefs offensive line right now significantly better than it was when they played them in December last year. So you would expect if you were going to get these one-on-one matchups with good players, guys that deserve to be starting but aren't exactly game wreckers, guys that aren't you know just completely destroying games, you would give the advantage to the Chiefs offensive line. I would fully agree with that, but they have to go out and do it. This is a Broncos defensive line, and the way Vic Fangio coaches that defense, these guys get up for certain games, and they can really make the most of it. They'll slant this defensive line. They will run a few games. They will bring overload pressure to where they're trying to catch the quarterback rolling out of the pocket. They will do a lot of different stuff to generate pressure out of that front four. And I think Craig kind of alluded to it. Draymond Jones is having a good year. I mean, he's got 32 pressures on the year. He's been a really good interior pass rusher. He's a little light to hold up against the run. But when he's out there, he's the exact kind of interior defensive lineman that gives somebody like Trey Smith a little bit of issues. He's quicker. He's a, he's a lighter guy, but he's got good body control and he's quick. He's the kind of guy that can slip under a very aggressive Trey Smith. So I do imagine that's the big matchup that we'll see a lot of is Jones lined up over Smith, just trying to take care of that you know speed. And if the Chiefs can't handle that one-on-one, if they have to shift help there from Creed Humphrey or the, whoever's playing right tackle, that could make it interesting for Chubb, Malik Reed, Jonathan Cooper or on the outside. You're going to get some extra one-on-one reps with these offensive tackles that can be beat. You know, they were playing better as of late, but they can be beat. So I think that's the big matchup you have to watch is what does Draymond Jones do on the interior? Because that could change the way the Chiefs have to block it up, play in and play out. Especially with the keywords there, uh, whoever plays right tackle, which I mean, you know, Andrew Wiley's mm-hmm. played well, but you know, you don't want to put any more undue pressure on him than you need to. All right, players to watch on the offensive side of the football for the Chiefs. What you got, Craig? Oh, I'm going to go with Byron Pringle. Um, I think there's a lot of uncertainty in the wide receiver room. Josh Gordon is getting the reps continually, and it just doesn't seem to be clicking right now. That's not to say it can't, but it doesn't seem to be clicking. I think that we're going to see, at some point this season, a Byron Pringle game. And I think that this has as much chance as any to be one. Chiefs leaned on Sammy Watkins in some of these games against Vic Fangio, against these types of defenses at times, really beaten underneath, using his body well, plucking the ball out of the air and converting some of these slants, taking them a little farther, gearing up. That's what Byron Pringle has shown he can do in the past. It doesn't always happen, but I think that this is a good game with all the focus on Travis Kelsey and trying to help him. Talked about moving Patrick Sertan around a little bit to try and match up with him. Talked about linebackers and safeties helping. So, so much focus on Travis Kelsey, and we know there's going to be so much focus on Tyreek Hill. Somebody's got to step up in that third spot. I think this might be the type of game with some space underneath for Byron Pringle to maybe win some more. I'm going to go back to the offensive line. I'm going to go with Orlando Brown Jr. I think he's been playing better as the year's gone on. He's going to see a healthy dose of Bradley Chubb in this game. That's the side that Chubb is rushing off of most of the time. If Orlando Brown Jr. can come out and have a big game, if he can come out and handle you know, the Broncos' essentially best pass rusher one-on-one throughout the entire game, if they can allow the rest of the offensive line to play four-on-three the whole time, maybe help whoever's at right tackle. Help Trey Smith if he ends up beating it, whatever it may be. That's going to go a long way in allowing the Chiefs to to do what they want. I think we all kind of remember Bradley Chubb. He was all over Patrick Mahomes in that second game last year. He was making it difficult, not just getting 
pressure, but getting his hands up on some footballs, making throwing lanes very difficult, rushing plays. Orlando Brown Jr. needs another big game here, and I do think that he matches up pretty well with Chubb. He's not the best just pure speed rusher off the arc. He's going to use his power. He's going to use some inside counters. So this is a good matchup for Brown. I just want to see him do it versus one of the more premier potential pass rushers in the NFL. Talk a little bit about running the football a little bit, and I'm going to go Clyde Edwards-Alaire for this game. Uh, he's back, and he only actually got to play the Broncos one time last year. He missed the Bron- the second Broncos game, I believe it was. But the last time these two teams played, it had eight carries, 46 yards, also a catch of 17 yards. That's that's like got to be one of the most explosive pass plays that he's had in his career. So uh, he's a guy I want to keep an eye on. It's, it's going to be interesting to see him back. You know, he he got some he got some opportunities right before the bye week, got to rest through the bye week, and now he's you know hopefully back up and running uh for the remainder of this year. And this is the first kind of indicator and test for him. Uh see what he does against this Broncos defense. Uh all right, let's talk about the Chiefs defense now. Uh it is time for Craig Styles' favorite segment of the entire week. Uh I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah, uh, it's the Derek Johnson. It's the Derek Johnson thing that you do every week. What are we kidding? Yeah, uh, let's talk about the running backs for the Denver Broncos. They got a pair of good ones, Craig. Yeah, Melvin Gordon and then rookie Javante Williams have both been very, very good. Melvin Gordon is carrying a little bit of a knock into this week, so he might be a little bit limited, but he's a guy that always seems to have his best games of the year against the Kansas City Chiefs. Just a consistent strong runner and then Javante Williams has burst has power looks like the future there they are going to use that two-headed monster to try and get after the Chiefs and try and attack them on the ground now good news the Chiefs defense by and large when it's in a neutral game script have been pretty good against the run over the past four or five weeks that is due to Willie Gay Jr that's due to Nick Bolton and that's due to Anthony Hitchens also, shout out to Derek Naughty. So it's up to those guys to slow them down initially because these guys, they do a really good job of getting them into space, getting them up to the second level, and that's where they're most dangerous, especially Javante Williams. He is capable of running through linebackers and running through safeties to get that extra yardage. So they are going to try and get these guys into space as much as possible. The Broncos have the NFL's, they they have top five rankings when running at the edges of the defense, when running off tackle. So this is going to come down to the Chiefs' defensive ends, the Chiefs' defensive tackles, making sure that they stay gap sound up front, shut that B gap, shut the C gap, make sure that these guys can't get ahead of steam because they are going to run through people at the second level if they get there. They, they love running outside zone. They love getting that ball, especially Javante Williams. They love putting him on the outside zone path, allowing him to either put his foot in the ground and cut up field, or a lot of times they've gotten, I don't want to say lucky, but they've blocked it up correctly to where they keep getting him aligned one-on-one with a defensive back on the edge. And he is trying to, he is not going to be forced back to the interior if he's got a safety or a cornerback stopping him from getting the edge. He will take his ability to make that guy miss that tackle every single time, and it's working. He's averaging over 3.5 yards after contact on the for the season right now. So if you are going to have success stopping this run game, you do need to force it back inside. Yeah, it's 
it's a little dangerous to over-pursue. I think we all remember Derrick Henry busting that big run from the Chiefs as they over-pursue on an outside zone where he just cuts it back. But the way the Broncos like to run this, the way Javante Williams especially, Melvin Ingram's a little bit more sound. They're a little bit more varied with his him in there as a rushing attack. But Javante Williams, get to the edges. Don't leave him one-on-one. I know the Chiefs' corners are really good tacklers, but I just don't don't play with fire like that. Get those linebackers out there, open their hips up, run to the sideline. He's not the fastest running back in the league, so Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, these guys should be able to match him to the edge as long as they are playing to over or to pursue him that far. You're going to have to do that. Don't let this team get outside because that's where that rushing game gets really dangerous. A lot of love for Javante Williams in this uh, in this group here. We had him pretty highly regarded in the case. He loved had, him. Right? Yeah. I love both so those good. Carolina running backs. <laughs> I was really disappointed that Javante Williams was drafted by the Broncos because I do think he's a guy that can eventually be a, a complete bell cow. Um, mm-hmm. He's got such a diversified skill set. He's got some ability out of the backfield in the passing game. Don't forget about that either. Outstanding pass protector. Um, physical through contact can make some dudes miss, like these guys said. Like he is the complete package. I'm more excited to watch him than I am Melvin Gordon, but Melvin Gordon's had plenty of success this year, too. Uh, and it, I mean, he seems to be, I, I think Javante Williams is starting to get a little bit more trust, very obviously, as the season has gone along. Uh, but Melvin or Melvin Gordon still got some decent run throughout the course of the season as well. Uh, Chris Jones was an absolute monster, monster the last time that we saw these two teams match up. And uh, he might be due for another big performance potentially too, if he can go up against this group uh, along the interior. It does seem to potentially be getting a little bit healthier. Yeah, it does. And it looks like they're going to have Dalton Risner back this week. They've got Lloyd Cushenberry at center, and they got Quinn Miners that's playing right guard. This is that's, an all KC draft guide interior. It really is. Line we, too. We, we loved these guys. <laughs> and I, we, I really appreciate all these guys all day two guys that they drafted here they drafted well with all three of these guys but i suffice to say they haven't been quite as good i think as even the offensive linemen that the chiefs have drafted this year so i i do think that this group has the potential to get destroyed by Chris Jones. I mean, obviously, he, he destroyed Zach Martin. These guys aren't Zach Martin. So I'm looking forward to seeing if this Chris Jones that we have seen over the past four to five weeks is the one that we're going to get out of the bye as well. Because this Chris Jones is a game wrecker. Like, he alters and tilts the field in the Chiefs' favor. If he can get into the backfield, penetrate and ruin rushing lanes. If he can get into the backfield and rattle Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater is awful when he is rattled. He really struggles there. You're going to have to move the pocket a little bit. That's going to be something that fits in with the defensive ends, the defensive, you know, the guys that could blitz off the edge. It just benefits the Chiefs in so many ways. I'm looking forward to Chris Jones going up against these guys, guys that we liked, but guys that I feel like are primed to get taken over just like our good pals at Macadoodles are primed to take over the Kansas City liquor market. As I've been saying the past couple of weeks here, Macadoodles is coming to Lee's Summit at the end of the summer 2022, but they haven't cornered the market fully there. So we need to get more Macadoodles to the Kansas City area. We need to get more Macadoodles to Kansas, Missouri, 
Iowa. Let's go into Illinois. Let's Nebraska. Let's get them yeah. to be the conglomerate. Yeah, to get be the conglomerate that takes over your liquor buying experience because they're wonderful. They got great prices. They got great customer service. Everything that you want as a consumer is right there at Macadoodles. So if you're a franchisee anywhere in those states that I mentioned. Get a hold of Roger, info at macadoodles.com. Listen, they're putting one in Lee's Summit already. You know it's going to be successful. Don't wait. Get one in your area now. Well, an area that the Chiefs could uh, potentially be a challenge this week is outside with their outside corners. Rashad Fenton potentially out. We'll see what happens there. Did not look great the last time we saw him uh kind of limping off the field a little bit mm-hmm. crawling off the field i don't even get, know what exactly get well buddy yeah get real shot because uh boy the the old rotation at the cornerback position that we saw early in the year pre-fenton was not particularly good Matty. Even if this outside cornerback room was healthy, this is still a heck of a matchup. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cortland, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick present an incredible outside wide receiver duo. Both those guys have size. Sutton especially is quick enough that he can cause some separation. These guys can win in the air, contested catch situations. Like, that's a good outside wide receiver duo. And then you're going to go ahead and say, okay, now you're not even going to have a starting corner against them. Not only are you not going to have potentially have a starting corner for Shot Fenton, you were going to replace him with one of the least physically imposing corners in the NFL. A guy that un- Mike Hughes, unfortunately, this year has made a habit out of getting big boyed all over the football field. He can't press average size wide receivers. He can't compete with average sized wide receivers at the catch point. What do you think he's going to do against some of those monsters that the Broncos have on the outside? Now, I say that. We have to remember, Teddy Bridgewater is quarterback. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater yep. is not taking a lot of YOLO shots to these contested catch receivers down the sideline. There's a reason that Cortland Sutton's stats, even when healthy, aren't great this year. Tim Patrick's eating into some of that because they're similar receivers. I was surprised they paid both of them, but that's a story for a different day. But like that, Maddie's so sad. Them. He's so sad that one of them didn't get should have seen the DMs. <laughs> We don't have to get into that right now, gentlemen. (laughs) But they're not a great match with Teddy Bridgewater. So this is a game where if you do have to have Mike Hughes lined up against his worst nightmare in terms of a matchup, this is it because he is not going to be a guy that's going to challenge him. He's not going to break this game wide open by targeting one player 13 times. Should he? Yes. Will he? Probably not. So you do have that to fall back on if you're the Chiefs. This could be a game where the Broncos try to break their Norman challenge. Because I, I, that was actually what I was going to touch on was Teddy Bridgewater. It's like, you know what? This is a very risk-averse quarterback. He's not been particularly good at challenging outside the numbers. Advantage Chiefs, even though there's some very viable, big-bodied outside weapons at a deple- in, against a potentially depleted position for the Chiefs. Is this a game where the Chiefs challenge him to throw outside the numbers a little bit? Is this a game where Teddy Bridgewater takes some chances? I'm curious to see what happens in that matchup. That'll be very fascinating to me. Uh, the good news is the, the the players in between the numbers for the Kansas City Chiefs this year, uh, th- this iteration of the defense have been very, very good. And those are areas that Teddy Bridgewater does like to attack. So the best, Chiefs' best players are definitely there. Yeah, no, they, they, he likes to hit Jerry Judy coming out of the slot, who's an excellent receiver. Likes to hit Noah Fant, 
who's also an excellent receiver. Like that, they, they, they just have a plethora of talent. It, it's really ridiculous how uh, their weapons, as we've spoken about before, but they like to move those guys a lot. Like they'll they'll get Fant working across the formation out into the flat on a boot at the same time, you know, as Teddy Bridgewater try and get him matched up against a a linebacker in coverage. They'll get Judy working underneath, you know, Cortland Sutton, Sutton going vertical. So they really feel comfortable with Bridgewater scheming him up some open looks. And like those guys said, doesn't like to throw a ton of contested catch ball. So yeah, it might work out the Chiefs outside corners who have been challenged in recent weeks. They, they've been thrown at plenty and they've been up to the challenge. It might actually work out a little bit in the Chiefs' favor, but that means that they're going to have to collapse. They're going to have to transition off of their responsibility. If they're in zone, get downhill aggressively. If they're in man, ID that concept quick so you can get back to it. Got to make tackles in space. They've been a good tackling team the past couple of weeks. You got to do that again because they're going to scheme up those open looks. They're going to try and find those guys in the flats, in the open. Teddy Bridgewater's fine with taking the check down and living to fight another day. So you got to be able to tackle well out in the flats, take advantage of that fact about him. Well, you need but to take advantage way. of – no, I'm going – you need You're to going, take go ahead, advantage. Go ahead. <laughs> Ruining my transitions. <laughs> you need to take advantage of the fact that Ruback Fine Jewelry is doing a very special competition on Instagram. Go to Ruback Fine Jewelry. Uh, KC, and you will find details on an opportunity to win uh, some jewelry. So make sure you take advantage of that. And also make ta- make sure you take advantage of visiting them. I keep telling you, go see how Ruback Fine Jewelry. He is going to take care of you. He's going to give you an extremely comfortable jewelry purchasing experience, whether it's an engagement ring or something different. There's all kinds of things that they're capable of doing, repurposing you know, some, some family heirlooms. Like they've talked to me about that too, is that they've been able to, to do some special things for, for people, uh, even with regards to, you know, maybe some family heirlooms. So there's all kinds of stuff that they're capable of doing. If you're looking for an engagement ring, you have to start there. You, you must talk to them. Actually, you know, you, you, could, you, could, you could go to a, a, a big box jeweler, but you're, I promise you're not going to find the experience that you're going to find at Ruback. So make them part of your experience ruback.co set an appointment with Hal, hassle free he's gonna work within your budget promise you you will not regret it and go check out their instagram page while you're at it all right i'm not we're gonna just go straight to predictions maddie that the mood is dead unless you really need to jump in here with something else well i i hope we do players to watch on defense um <laughs> next that's that's what i would prefer to do but if that's ruining your flow we can skip it no, we can do that, I guess. Okay. Listen, man, you're you're running this. Like we're just all following in your footsteps, your glorious, <laughs> handsome, beautiful footsteps. Maddie's <laughs> players to watch, Craig. Yeah, Melvin Ingram. That's the dude. <laughs> that's the guy who I'm picking this week. Uh, since Melvin Ingram's been here, obviously the defense has made quite the turnaround. He's been a contributor. To that not the full reason necessarily but a big contributor to that and everything he's done and it's not just because they're moving chris jones inside because of him he's got a seven percent pressure rate since he's been here that's good he's done a good job of getting after the pressure or getting after the passer and then on top of that 
he's allowing they're allowing only 3.7 yards per carry when he's on the field. And that kind of lines up with the good run defense as of late, but they don't get worse when he's on the field and he's out there at defensive end. I have a feeling they're going to ramp him up. As it stands right now, Mike Dana is getting less and less snaps. Alex Okafor has been a rotational piece kind of all season long, guy that they just have there in case of emergencies. So Melvin Ingram is going to probably get closer to the snaps that Frank Clark is playing. And if those two guys are on the field constantly, there is always a chance that one of them is going to break something loose, make an impact play, make a play behind the line of scrimmage and get ahead of the sticks for the Chiefs. So that's my player to watch because I want to see him coming out of the bye another week that he had to study the playbook and make sure he's on the field more. I think he's one of their best four defensive linemen, and I hope he's in there going forward. Teddy Bridgewater is a very risk-adverse quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater makes the safe throw. As I was going to say earlier, Noah Fant is a sub-4-5 tight end who has had like six targets over 10 yards in the past month of football. That's how risk-adverse Teddy Bridgewater likes to be with the football. That's what this offense is. But when things don't look good for Teddy, when he's not seeing the field cleanly, when he's rushed, when he's a little panicked, that ball sails a lot. He overthrows guys a lot. That's one of his big knocks. He's a risk-adverse quarterback, but on a bad day, he throws a very interceptable football. I'm looking at Tyron Matthew having a big game. I think that he's going to be the safety that's going to be rolling down most of the time when the Chiefs do go with the single high safety. I think you see that a lot against this Denver Broncos team who doesn't throw vertically. <laughs> He's going to be rolling down. He's going to have a huge role in the run game. Like we talked earlier about how these running backs are playing really well. They like to get to the outside. You are going to need safeties to play the run. That's most likely going to be Matthew, who's going to be spinning down a little bit more than Thornhill. But I think he gets his hands on a football, or at least will have his opportunity to get his hands on a football. That pass rush starts hitting a little bit. Chris Jones has a big game. Melvin Ingram has a big game. Teddy feels a little flustered. There's going to be some floaters thrown. And I think we're due. For a landlord interception, I think it comes this week against the Denver Broncos. You know what? I think we're going to get an interception from Tyron Matthew, and I also think we're going to get an interception from the second best player on the defense last uh, last time we saw this team, Legarius Sneed. And second best player on the defense last week is saying a lot because Chris Jones was outstanding. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's, it's it's no slight to Legarius Sneed. Uh, I think he's getting his hands on the football. I think he's a problem in the slot in the areas of the defense or the uh, the defense that Teddy Bridgewater wants to attack too. I think both of those guys are getting their hands on a football. How about that? I like this. Uh, and give me LeJarrius Sneed as my player to watch. I'm just really I'm just I'm I enjoy watching him in every aspect of the game, every a- coverage, run game. It's he's just he's a joy to watch, and that's who I'm going with. Prediction time. Craig, are you, are we ready for predictions? I'm ready for predictions. Ken, is it cool if I go to predictions? Thanks. Or should we just skip them all together? <laughs> we could. <laughs> okay, we all know where this my- is going. <laughs> <laughs> my prediction for this game, I think it will be a little bit of tough sledding for the Chiefs offense. This is a good Broncos defense, and it is something that the Chiefs don't handle particularly well. Even if they come out with a good game plan, I still think at a certain point, Fangio is going to adjust, and it's going to get to be a little bit of tough sledding again. I do think that the Chiefs, with their opening script, plus maybe a few more plays, have enough in the tank to build up a t- you know build up some scores, 
get ahead and force this Broncos into a little bit more of a pass-heavy script, taking Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams out of the game a little bit more. That is beneficial to the Chiefs. But I do think the Broncos are going to hang around. I got a game that's a 10-point game here. Chiefs win 27-17. to 17. I think the Chiefs come out of the bye week with something to prove. I think that there's been a lot of talk about where the Chiefs are right now, what they have done, what they haven't done. The There's a lot of stuff boiling up. I think the Chiefs, you could see it, these, especially against the Raiders. I think you could see it defensively against the Cowboys. The offense, you know, was up and down. But there's getting there's something that the, the swag coming back. These guys are feeling themselves on the football field, in the press room afterwards. I imagine that's carrying over to practices and stuff like that. But I don't think there's going to be a lack of intensity. There's still too much negative news whizzing around all over their heads in front of them 24-7. So I do think – I've always called them a front-running team. When things are going well, they play better. I don't mean that as a slight. They're just a team that piles on the good when there's good there. I think the defense continues to build on that. I think they are really feeling that right now. They're just going to keep stacking up and play a great game. I'm going to follow – I'm going to do the Ken Swanson. I'm just going to have this, this random belief – Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are figuring it out. I'm just going to say they're coming out of the bye week. We've seen it once before in the past five years. It's just going to work. We don't know why. We don't know what the reason is. There's no way, right way reason to believe that this is happening. We're just going to believe the offense is figuring it out versus the boogeyman of defense against them. I have the Chiefs winning this one 34-17. Blowout with something to prove with absolutely no reason to believe in the offense. I'm doing it anyway. I'm going full Hollywood. On him. I, I'm does, so does, excited. Do you feel bad for Kent? Do you, <laughs> you did you do something? Was I not around for something that you slighted him with, and you're trying to make it up to him? No, Craig. He just knows. He knows what's about to happen. He's he feels it too. I just wanted us all to have blowouts to tempt the fates. Oh Ooh. man, you acknowledged it. <laughs> <laughs> Look. What Maddie, I'll have what Maddie's having. 30-14, Kansas City Chiefs win. That's going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. We really appreciate appreciate y'all. Be sure to check out the KCSN live postgame show right after the Chiefs beat the Broncos. We'll catch you later.